Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Beyond the Panel. My name is Colin. I'm Jared. And today we are talking about the movie that is on everybody's lips and eyes and ears across the Spider-Verse. Uh, we're a few weeks up from release, so we're not going to overwhelm you with like the most detailed review of all time. Not going to go frame by frame or anything, but... No, I'd love to. Uh, no, <laughs> that would actually exhaust me. I, 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 I think there's only so much I can do when it comes to movie reviews. But it's yeah. like we do we do want to talk about it because it is it's a big deal. I mean, make it pretty basic, or you really get into the nitty gritty of it. And yeah, and there's the whole- there's a lot of people who've already gotten into the nitty gritty of it. And my personal suggestion is before we even get into it, is go watch it. Oh, 100 percent. Like, like don't just be like, oh well, I'll, I'll listen to some reviews. It'll be fine. I'll watch it when it comes. Go watch it in theaters. I mean, if you haven't seen the first one, go watch that first because it's you know kind of. Yeah, it's it's important. Predicated on that, but, but still. Also, if you haven't seen the first one yet, like what what are you doing? <laughs> like that's my. Because like, what the first are you? One, you're just like not a Spider-Man fan, or just oddly not an animation fan. Like, yeah, it's like if you haven't seen Into the Spider-Verse yet, what are you doing with yourself? Um, before we <laughs> get into it, of course, uh, if you want to support the podcast, number one thing you can do: five star reviews on uh, platform of your choice. That helps because if we get those sweet sweet reviews uh it pushes the podcast out to other people um because the platform's like ooh, people like this and pushes it out and if you're listening on youtube like comment subscribe whatever again like listening to it all the way through and then showing that you like the content is the number one way to push the content out to other people that might also like the word so that our plans for world domination can come to fruition. Okay. All right, Jared, we're going to cut that. We're cutting that part. Uh, The guys can cut that in post. Uh, People not dominate the world. Why would we do that? We just want to. Anyways, (laughs) moving on. Um, (laughs) I guess to start with the bits we didn't like. So I, I mean, I knew going in that it was a part one. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I love that it's a part one. Yeah. And it, I'll talk later about the fact that I think they did it well, but it still doesn't change the fact that it was a part one. Yeah, that's I, I can agree with that. Like, I, like it was the same thing we kind of knew going into that, like Infinity War was going to be a part one, but it did. It did. It felt like when Infinity War ended, it was like, oh, wow. But it wasn't like a, it was a cliffhanger, but it didn't feel like a normal cliffhanger. Yeah, so it was like be, it was like everything ended, and you were waiting to see what happens. Next. Like, where are we going to go from here? Not necessarily. Like, and I mean, this is this is your point like, where if you haven't seen next it, week to find out what yeah, happens. This next. is your point where if you haven't seen it, like stop listening because I'm about to talk about the end. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give you like a few seconds. Okay, your time's up. <laughs> it ends with Miles tied up in an alternate universe, meeting an alternate version of himself, who's the Prowler. And Gwen has assembled some of the spider people who are decent to go and hunt and find Miles. Well, Miguel and Spider-Woman and edgy Ben Riley are off to get him and get rid of him or whatever. Right. So it's like it's a good setup. I'm excited for what's coming next, but it does end the movie and you kind of sitting there being like, hell yeah, hell yeah. But oh, okay. (laughs) <laughs> Waiting for what's next. And things we don't know when the next one's coming out. Yeah, they said that it's coming out in March. But is it yeah. really? If I saw I on Twitter this morning, I saw a fake like post from I saw like a fake tweet of like the of the creator saying like, Yeah, we're gonna delay it to like July of twenty twenty six and I'm just like, You son of a it's like don't 
Don't well, and I, the thing is, I I feel like 2026 is like definitely um a bit much, but like you would mention to me, I feel like it'd be it would probably get delayed by like five six months maybe until like the fall, like yeah, around, maybe a Christmas release. Like I'm expecting, I'm expecting it to come out either like 2024, um. Around this time, like around when, 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 like in a year, or like late 2024 to early 2025, like very early, like maybe like February. Well, the last one took a long time to get out, partly because of COVID and partly because I think they were trying to really nail down some of the other animation styles. Yeah. But I think now they have that kind of in the bag. It but there's be this, yeah, bad. like I, we don't know how far along they are in animation. And also, depending on the movie, it depends if they're going to animate first or VA first. Because we know that some of the VAs haven't recorded any of their lines yet, and this is like, like the time the movie's original release. I think Haley Steinfeld said she hadn't recorded any lines yet, but I yeah. mean, we'll see. Yeah, and it's like Haley Steinfeld is like the lead ish. She's like the co lead, so if she hasn't recorded anything yet, they've probably got a lot to record yet, um, which is fine. But it does mean that, like, you've left us on this cliffhanger and we don't actually know when we're getting a resolution to it unless they've just unless they did the two back to back and they're just lying to us, which Mm, movie studios have done before to trick us and get us disappointed before being like, psych, it's all going according to plan. Fuck you. Yeah. Get excited. You know, we're going to hold out hope that it's going to be on time next March and. Yeah, we'll hold I mean, out hope we until this long for if we have this long for across the Spider Verse. I'm not. I don't mind waiting a bit longer for Beyond. Oh no, maybe. no, no, no. But. I just think it's always a shame when when I guess it's like a minor down for me when they are like, "This is our release date," and then they have to change it. It's like just don't announce it until you know for sure. And it, I don't think it's not. A, it's not as common for movies to delay as it is like video games. Yeah, no. I mean, it's okay. it's gotten a lot worse in recent years. But I, like you'd said before, I think COVID played a really huge part in that in just yeah. causing a lot of delays to things. But it's like Insomniac Games is like, we're not going to announce release date. And everyone's like, well, why not? Why not? We want a release date. And they're like, no, we're not going to announce it until we know yeah. that it's going to be ready because we don't want to keep telling you a date and then moving it back and then moving it back. We'd rather have you wait for a date that we can actually meet. The first yeah. time. And then we know it's going to be there, and then everyone's happy with it. Yeah, and I, I respect that, because it's like Cyberpunk moved its release date, what, like five, six times? Like, come on. Yeah, um, I think at least a number of times. And even then, it was still a mess at release. Yeah. Another so down, and you sort of mentioned this after you saw the movie, and I'll let you get into that your specific gripe with it mm-hmm. a little more. But a lot of the characters were out of character. And I we can explain this. Because you had specifically mentioned Miguel O'Hara not being mm-hmm. in character. And it's also like, it's not Miguel O'Hara from the comics. It's no, this Miguel is, O'Hara it, from this universe. So it's like, yeah, yeah, he's a totally different person. If you got comic Miguel O'Hara, he'd be totally different. But it's like, you look at characters as like Spectacular Spider-Man Spider-Man or Insomniac Spider-Man. And they're all blindly following this dude who talks about canon events. And they're he's like, sick him. And they all go after him. I was like, Spectacular wouldn't do that. Insomniac wouldn't do that, but not not just like on without questioning. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's the fact that you got this Miguel who's out of character, 
which is fine because he's in an alternate universe, along with all these other spider people who are out of character. Like Ben Riley was funny yeah. being super 90s edgy, but that's not actually who he is at all. No, but I right. mean, it's it's more excusable for for the some for like the side characters and for like the brief cameo bits. It's not as bad because it's just they're there to be like, oh, for they, sure. They're there for the wheel, the wheel meme of, hey, look, I recognize that thing. It, it, it's overall fun. a minor gripe that like, but it's like when you get ones like. Well, I can go into Miguel if you want. Yeah, you can go like, into Miguel, but I'm like specifically like Ben. Mm-hmm. That was like just being edgy and mopey. And like a caricature felt super out of character for him. Well, Jessica Drew was a completely different character entirely. I have a, and I have another minor gripe with that. And it's not. You want to go into it first? <laughs> yeah, I'll go into that first. And again, okay. like before anybody comes at us, we're, we are aware that these are like alternate universe versions of these characters, including Miguel. Like he's yeah. not Earth, whatever Miguel from the comics. Um, I don't like that Jessica Drew was pregnant. I don't care I that she's black. Just like one of her most famous covers is her being pregnant. No, like that, a, that's fine. But I, I just seen like it didn't play. It didn't play any. There was really no reason for it. It was just for like a visually distinct thing of hey, it's a spider. Oh yeah, that's and I just but for, it didn't like play into it at all. This, it's and not I, like, I'm, I'm admitting this is super minor gripe. I just don't like it when they're like woman superhero is pregnant and still fighting crime. I'm just all I can think is like that's dangerous. Yeah. Why would you do this? You are back flipping on a motorcycle and you are like, what, eight (laughs) months pregnant right now? That's all I can think. And it just, for whatever, like. Unless your baby's Wolverine. Yeah. Again, I, it's a minor gripe. It's animation. I, I get it. I get it. I'm, 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 I'm appealing to reality here. And it's it's a very stupid thing to be upset about, but it just bugs me when they do it anytime. They're like, "Oh, she's pregnant. She's a badass." I'm like, "That baby's gonna have some problems because its mom wanted to be super cool." You know, it's like only Harley Quinn understood that. But is like, "We're gonna fight. I'm pregnant." She's like, "No, nah, man, I'm not. <laughs> Let's just sit down and talk. I'm not doing this." I do want to preface for anyone listening that like all of our negatives here, none of these, I don't think, I don't think Colin's going to have any huge ones, but these are almost just nitpicks. None of these are, Oh, like, so these are pretty minor gripes. Like, like movie I think, breaking things. There's no giant plot holes really that I no, thought my, that I noticed. Yeah. There's no like huge character breaks where it's like, I lost my sense of reality with the movie or like I out of touch with it. It's just, these are all minor things and there's going to be a lot more positives. There's going to be negative. There was no sure. like character assassinations. No. Uh, and, and the thing is, again, even if you wanted to consider, before you get into Miguel, if you wanted to consider Miguel's writing a character assassination, it's not because it is an alternate interpretation of Miguel, right? It The only characters that in this movie could have been assassinated are ones that were in the first one because those are the versions we already have established, right? It, they did yeah. not clearly say, this is Miguel O'Hara from Earth that he's normally from, and he's doing this. That yeah, would have been a character assassination. Like, yeah, and what they did with Miguel... As a, change, as a change to his character is not going to go retro, retroactively or even moving forward affect how he is in the comics. He's not going to be like... And if it does, they, then it's a problem. Then it becomes a yeah. much bigger problem. We I talked about doing that. that but, uh, yeah, because I am a huge 29 fan. Uh, Miguel in this movie, like, I'm first, I was just happy to see him being a major role in the movie because mm-hmm. he's usually overlooked in some ways. Um, I get... It's interesting because one thing I do get is that, well, that's kind of a different thing. Miguel in the comics is kind of a prick. 
at least when he's like the whole thing when they went, when Chip David was asked to, was creating Spider Man 29, his idea was he wanted to make the inverse of Peter Parker, which means that when he's in the suit, he's serious, he's quiet, he gets shit done. And when he's Miguel, that's when he's a sarcastic asshole, cracking wise, and everyone pisses and it pisses everyone off. Or they which love I find it. funny. Or or they end up loving it, yeah. But that was Miguel's character. In this one, he's mostly just serious. They even say, like, you know, he's the one unfunny Spider-Man. And it's like, that's fine. Because, like, he is not funny when he's Spider-Man. He takes it seriously. But, like, again, like you said, this is a different character. This is not yeah. the one from the comics. Like, I would like to have seen more, like, I would like to have seen him just as a hero, but I get you need to have someone that's more... Antagonistic. Like, antagonistic. He's not, he's not straight up a villain. He's not, he's not, like... He's never trying to like. He's not like trying to kill Miles. He's like, you need to stay out of way, out of the way, so we can let this shit happen, so that like things can be fixed. Like, I'm not just gonna like erase you from history or anything. Yeah. Like, he just wants to like keep him contained for a little bit, so like these things can happen, and then you know the universe doesn't fall apart. Which I appreciate. He's not just full on going like murder mode. Yeah. Though I do have something I want to add about that. And just but when you like the. Him. For all the things like the animation's great on him, the design is great. Oscar Isaac did a great job voicing him. Uh, I like the really bulky look they gave him. I thought it was yeah, really his cool. character design was really cool. Like I've really enjoyed it. Like I've always considered getting the action figure for him, even though I already have the twenty ninety nine action figure. I'll take your twenty ninety nine uh, if you want that one. <laughs> and we'll see. <laughs> I do like him the original one. Uh, but yeah, so Miguel was. I they needed someone to be the antagonist, and I guess they didn't just want to have it be because they already had the spot in there. They didn't want to have just. And the spot was too goofy to be like, at least in this movie, the big bad guy. He was also really scary. He was scary when he sees Guardian serious. Yeah. Um, and I get that. So they needed someone to kind of be like the, they need someone to be like the police chief, you know, it's like, I got to rein you in like, Hey, like we got, yeah. we have a job to like, you're just a kid. You don't know what you're doing. I understand this is hard, but we've all gone through the same thing. And even Peter B Parker says like, we've all had this happen miles. Like, we know, like we've all been through this kind of thing, and it yeah. sucks. And but like Miles raises a good point too. It's like you wouldn't do the same thing if you knew this was gonna happen. Like if you knew this was fated to happen, you wouldn't try and stop it. And yeah, so that's my thing about Miguel. Like it was, it was necessary, and I get it. Totally. I would like to have seen him been just a hero like everyone else. It would have been cool if he was just you know part of the team doing his thing, and like he could be like doing cool gadget shit with Lila and all that stuff like that. Wouldn't fun, but I get they needed to do it. I'm hoping in the next one he's not. He doesn't stay antagonist again. I hope that once. Like he kind of has a turn, a change of heart, and realizes that Miles knows what he's doing. And I'm really hoping he ends up being part of the team at the end of it. I don't want him just kind of be like a curmudgeon or just get thrown into, like, or just get thrown into a cell by like Peter B. Parker and be right. out for the rest of the movie because that would be that would annoy me because I want him to have something proper. Or if nothing else, like I would love for him to get his own movie at some point, along with you know other characters can also deserve their own movies. Like Gwen deserves her own movie for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my thing about Miguel. Fun. It's cool that he's in the movie, but I just wish I would like my in my heart of hearts. I'd like to have seen him been a hero part of the team, but yeah. I get why it wasn't that. Um, and sort of like something I want to like add on to with that. The further I get away from having seen this movie, the more I'm like, holy crap, this version of Miguel's a huge prick. Like, the, yeah, big, the just... bigger of a jerk he becomes in my mind because he has basically just decided that he gets to decide what makes someone a Spider-Man and what makes them not. You know? Because it's like, 
oh, sure, yeah, this is this web of all these canon events. It's like, but can you actually like, prove that? I think with, I think they I think they try to establish that he's done enough research and seen it like these things right. do stay but like, like after a certain time it's not after a certain time it's not being coincidence it does become a pattern oh yeah no, no no for sure but it's like this happens to lots of Spider Men but what like how do we know because we don't see it from his perspective how do we know that he didn't just pick and choose the ones that this does happen to because he's bitter or whatever right like we don't have that confirmation yet and I feel yeah. like we're getting something set up in in that. That it's like, this guy isn't, he's hiding something somehow, right? This version of Miguel. Because we also know that he stepped into the life of another version of Miguel. Um, Mm -hmm. And so my hope would honestly be that this one ends up being an actual bad guy. And that they have to pull a good version of Miguel to be like, dude, what are you doing? Uh, Maybe. I don't don't see that happening. Because like this this Miguel... As far as from the way I see it from what we have right now, I don't see your your hope coming true where he, you know, is like, no, you know what, Miles, you can do your own thing. And I'm a part of the gang now. Like, it seems like he wants things his way. Mm-hmm. And if they're not, he's because he was coming at Miles claws out like. Like, it started out like, hey, man, you got to fall in line. And it became a lot more like, hey, man, I'm going to rip your face off. Was the, was the I vibe it, I was it, getting it, from it was him? Impressive reaction, but I think if oh, I'm going to play, play devil's advocate, I think because he's seen because of his own actions, he doomed a world to be destroyed. Yeah, um, I think he doesn't want that to happen to anyone else, and he's like, he's going, he's going to extremes, but he's doing it for in his mind, it's the right reason of. So he's Magneto. I don't want the mul- yeah, somewhat, but he's also not like he doesn't. He's not going to kill Miles, but it's in the same regard. It's like. And Miles is, as he says, is an, is an anomaly in a way. But the other thing is, is from Miguel's perspective, he's an anomaly. But the other universe, that, like 42, sure, it doesn't have Spider-Man, but it's not like breaking apart. It's in a bad state, but it's not breaking apart. So it's like, okay, so how, what validity do you have here? You know? I think it's because, think it's because it breaks apart when you have Spider-Man and those canned events are bro- yeah. or don't happen am, because that Earth doesn't have a Spider-Man. Yeah. It's like a, like... You can have other you know, like Gwen is not a Peter, but like because she's still a spider person in that universe, and there is a police chief. In this case, it happens to be her dad. And then like, but her dad quit. Yeah, that was the thing. It changed. That she was happy. It's like, oh, you're not a police chief anymore. You've like, it seems like there could be ways to work around these can events without, without explicitly just saving the captain. Like, it's like we'll we'll see maybe in the next movie, but we'll see if. Him quitting, it was like a weird loophole that works around. Yeah. If See, he and my event, theory, or it starts to break there too. Like, it's my, no matter what, he's yeah, going to die. My theory was it's like, okay, but he quit, so he's not a captain anymore, so he doesn't need to die. She doesn't know other captains. And so, loophole means that it's like, okay, so Miguel, your formula's not perfect. It's not 100%. Things can be changed. Right. And it's just like, I don't know. I find it interesting, and there's a lot of ways they could go with it, and I think that's what... It's also with Miguel himself, and just more with all the writers set up as this explanation for why things are the way they yeah, are. Yeah, no, I'm not like I'm not talking about, like, oh, Miguel's terrible or whatever, but it's just yeah. like, this is an interesting way, and it's I'm curious to be like, is this... Is, it's basically, is Miguel telling the truth or not? Mm-hmm. Or is I, he I telling he, his I'm, own I'm version? Pardon? I think he is. I think he is telling the truth. Personally, I think he is telling the truth, but I think... He's just he's working on the information he knows and 
unfortunately, because of what he's already seen, he's just going whole hog into what he knows, and he's doing his best to protect what he knows. Yeah. And based on based on based on the rules he's discovered, and to his best assumption about how these things operate, and with similar evidence he's seen before, like in Spider India's world, when the captain does die, well, big like dark hole in the ground. So clearly something is off. So that was just another example of him being right. Yeah. See, he's just working. I don't think he's like, I don't think there's anything nefarious going on. I don't think he's hiding anything. I think it's literally just, he's working with the information he has. He doesn't want the multiverse to collapse. He's already yeah, seen one. I mean, I'm, I'm, so. I'm, I'm, th- I'm not thinking he's like pure evil or anything. I'm just thinking it's more like the TVA mm. where it's okay. like, no, 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 this is what's right. This is what needs to happen. Okay, but what if it doesn't? No, 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 it does because I know that it does. And it's like, okay, but this proves that it doesn't. No, that's just, that's anomaly. You're an anomaly. I'm not going to listen to you, right? He's so mm-hmm. hell-bent on, like, his version of things being correct. And that if he sees, like, a Spider-Man not going through what they went through, he's like, well, that's wrong. You know, like... Mm-hmm. No, not from a place of like villainy but of, of like bitterness it's like no you yeah. don't get to keep your dad because I didn't keep my family almost and it's like I don't care if you could do it without breaking the universe you still don't get to and if you get yeah, to then you don't like get to be in my super is, secret club yeah some of the bitterness I definitely see I could I think is definitely a seed again there um, but, yeah. I also want to address like before we get into the good parts of the movie which there are many uh, this I've seen this criticism of like Peter and Peter B and Gwen that it's like, well, they didn't visit miles. How are they even his friends? Dude, Miguel is like us, a drill master who said you can't. Okay. Gwen had to, Gwen had to wait until she got a mission to go to miles reality and then broke the rules to hang out with him. They obviously wanted to see him. Peter's raising a child. Like, you know, he's got other responsibilities. Totally. I like, and just, just to be like you, they don't, they didn't actually care about him. They do. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, it's just like a minor criticism that I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of, and I just wanted to talk about it. Um, yeah, anyways, good stuff about the movie. The animation was spectacular, yeah. wonderful. Oh, everything. it was insane. I, like last movie, pretty much everything was, everyone was rendered in more or less the same style. Mm-hmm. Um, with the exception of like, like Spider Ham, pretty much. Yeah, it was like Spider Ham and Penny were a little bit different. In this one, though, every there's, there's single Spider like, person. Like the, yeah, there were changes with Peter B and Miles in the first one too. Like yeah. the animated frames, which I'll get. I got something I want to get into about. Like, like every frames. single Spider person has their own unique style. Um, I I think like like every, everyone who's from a cartoon looks like they do in their cartoon, whether that's Spectacular Spider-Man or Sp- 67 Spider-Man. Uh, Hobie Spider-Punk looks like a handmade zine come to life. Yeah. Right? Which is crazy. I uh, briefly like, lay a point on that about Spider-Punk specifically because I, I read an article yeah. a while back that was really cool. I don't know if you knew this, but like Spider-Punk's animation, like how he animates was one of the hardest parts of this movie for I, them. Yeah. Did you read? Did you read about how they made him work? Uh, I might have, but you can definitely tell the audience. So, and if the I'm way animation generally good. works is that um, most animated movies are twenty-four frames per second, and most in animation usually, an animators will change the poses and the detail on the character every every second frame or on tubes, basically. Right. But for Spider Punk, they went weird with it. 
and I found the one of the animators put a tweet saying what they what the, what the rules were for Hobie. Uh, the body moved on threes. Okay. They offset his vest, where it's also on threes, but delayed by a frame or two. So it would be like one, two, three body moves. One vest moves. Two, three body moves. Like that. Like basically, like body. Like imagine, like okay, one, two, third frame's body moves, and then like. But like they start counting when his vest is gonna move on like two three on like yeah so three, so it's like, like two three four so it's like the the they're both moving in threes but like the body would move and then two frames later the vest would move after the body but that was three frames after the vest last moved kind of thing. yeah like the, the right. basically just, uh, they're 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 still moving the same amount of frames was when they adjust things but they're just they're, not moving in, the, not in on the, the same, same frames frame. yeah yeah that's that's the guitar that's moved on fours. And the outline itself moved on twos. That's so cool. Only when he's moving though, which is insane. That's why he looks so weird, kind of like janky. But I yeah, him. I love Spider-Man's design so much. I also just love the writing for him. <laughs> he was great. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect. Also, anybody who's out there trying to tell me that him and Gwen slept together, shut up, man. No. No. He he is probably keenly aware that she's in love with Miles. Also, right. I'm pretty sure he's like an adult. She's definitely yeah. still a teenager. The, the, like, oh, we don't have canon ages for him, so I didn't want to like use that as an argument. Like 26. But like, <laughs> dude is dude is cle- keenly aware that they're in love, and ev- all the setup was just to make Miles feel uneasy because we're watching all this from Miles' perspective, right? And Hobie's the kind of guy who would like tease him and make him like he'd yeah. be, like he's letting Gwen crash because she can't go home because he's a cool dude. Okay, and it's if, if he really was. Smashing Miles' girlfriend, he would not have gone to the lengths he did to help Miles. Yeah. Okay. He would not. I also just back to the writing though. A Spider Punk. Just first of all, his intro and the his voice world, work. The brief that we see of his world is crazy. The like voice it, work like Daniel said, Kaluuya does for intro. him. My goodness. Like the line. I hate the AM because he doesn't like waking up. I hate the PM. <laughs> Prime Minister. I was like, ah, oh, it's freaking. <laughs> that's so good. Because it's like, yeah, yeah, it's the symmetry, but like, I don't like getting up in the morning and I hate authority. It was like, oh, okay, all right, that's clever. <laughs> um, but also just like how he was, he, he realized right away that it's like, Miguel, come on. Like, you are pushing your version of what should happen onto everybody and that might not be for everybody and i think he was the first one to realize that it's like maybe spider-man can go their own way that's why he quit exactly and then um i feel like he would join in the first place he was like it was something fun to do you know see other things uh, i've seen a lot of theories that he joined in the first place just to see what it was like and then heard about miles and basically just waiting to help miles out and then was like all right i'm out or just, you know, he met Gwen. It's like, oh, she's cool. And like, we'll yeah. hang out. Like, but, like, know, made her a watch to help her out. And it's just like, he's a cool guy. And also just the fact that he loves the baby because babies are anarchists. It's really <laughs> cute. Um, so he was great. He was definitely a highlight. Peter B. Parker, I love a little bit more every single minute. <laughs> I went, okay. So. Like fluffy pink, like cardigan dad. I, I, I love the show New Girl. And Jake Johnson obviously <laughs> plays Nick Miller, a new girl. And when I first found out he was playing Spider-Man uh, back pre into the Spider-Verse, I was a little like, really? Okay, because and then I and then I saw the trailers and I was still like, really? Like, it feels like they're making him such a loser. And then I watched it and they didn't, you know, like he was a guy who was down on his luck and a little self-deprecating. But it felt like an accurate, like late 30s Peter Parker. 
Yeah. You know? And now that he's not depressed yeah, anymore, he's, he's the Peter that Marvel, Marvel editorial wants him to be constantly. Well, actually, he's not. He's the Peter that Marvel editorial is trying to avoid. One with real adult issues. Mm. We actually, we uh, this is your first time I'm telling you this. We're doing an episode on Spider-Man and, and what he should be versus what editorial makes him. Okay. Because that is something I'm very angry about. <laughs> and I have a lot of feelings. We'll have words. We'll both have words on that, yeah. And we'll have words. This is our, our open letter to Marvel editorial. Um, no, but... And then by this movie, it's like, no, he's not like he's he's happy. He's got he's with Mary Jane. He's got a baby like hell. Yeah. And he's just so happy to be a dad. And like, Miles, hold this baby. Yeah. But it's like he's trying. You can tell that, like, he even thinks from the beginning that Miguel's pretty extreme and is trying to chill him out a little bit. You know? Yeah. He, the whole movie, he's trying to like calm. He's like, so he's like trying to calm Miguel down. He's trying to calm everybody down. I think. Miguel is, I think Peter B is one of the few that Miguel kind of like begrudgingly respects because he's been through a lot too. Yeah. So I think he kind of recognizes like, Hey, like, cause he, he likes Ben Riley because you know, he's like, he'll do what he needs to do. Like he'll basically like be like his right hand man to. Yeah. And they like spider woman cause she's really practical. Yeah. And she's like reliable. And then Peter B is like, like you've been through a lot, like you have experience, you know what you're doing. Also you've dealt with multiverse stuff before as well now. Yeah. Um, so, like, but, I'll bring you in. But like, yeah, I really liked his writing in this one, where you know he he felt like he was genuinely torn between what Miguel said they should do and and what he wanted to do for Miles. And I appreciate that that at the end he made the right choice, you know. And he's like, no, you know what? I'm gonna go help Miles because that's the right yeah. thing to do right now. He's my friend. I'm going to help him out. Yeah. Cause it's like, let's what one thing we can say about Miguel, whether we agree with his, him or not, he did not present it to this kid in a very good way. Basically, it was just like, your dad's going to die and you can't stop it. Yeah, no, he did not handle that. The right it's like, way. Okay, this all. kid is like 15, 16. And this is how you're presenting it to him. Just your dad is going to die and you're not allowed to do anything about it. And if you try, I will arrest you. Basically, I will mm-hmm. go all cop like, dude, no. Like he should have let Peter B explain this to him or just don't explain it to him. You know, send yeah. him back and just let him fail and then be like, I'm sorry, this is a canon event. Right. But but by telling this, this impetuous kid, he said nothing. Miles, it probably would have come to pass as it normally does. Although yeah. Miles did have like kind of a premonition about things, so he might have because he had like that weird kind of like vision he was getting. But like, I think that's just because he, he saw was, like I think that's because he was like he saw like he saw both like Spider Man India's dude and also his dad in the same scenario. Yeah, that's because of his like forth. weird stuff with Spot. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, what else did I like about the movie? I mean, the action scenes were really good. Yeah, the action's great. Uh, I mean, Spider-Man India was fun. I liked his character. Uh, the the world, like, Mumbatton was such a great area to swing around in. That was cool. Uh, that whole area looked really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I liked, I can't remember the actor's name, but I just know him as Dopinder from Deadpool. Yeah. Boys, I mean, that was fun. Uh, I just like the line of, like, yeah, I've been Spider-Man for about six months, and Miles is like, six months? <laughs> he's like, and he's part of the team. Well, and that's, that's when you start to realize <laughs> that it's like, this isn't a some elite group. You're, no, and and, and I think that's one. when you realize at some point that clicks for the audience that Miles is being kept out of this for a reason. Yeah. 
You know, like, like realistically, what help does like 1960s animated Spider-Man really give? Nothing because he's two dimensional. <laughs> he can't even catch. He's any- so slow. <laughs> he's slow. He's two dimensional. He can't catch anybody. Like there's the this guy's got nothing. This guy's got nothing. Um, this is kind of a more broader thing. It's something I just loved the movie. The entire like like H Spider HQ segment is fantastic. Donald like, the- Glover. <laughs> oh yeah. As Prowler, all the, yeah, man. All the little Easter eggs, like the blinking you'll miss it references other characters. Like, yeah, the like the more obvious Easter eggs, like the things they put right in your face, like Donald Glover as Prowler, which is great. And like the 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 clips you see from Amazing Spider Man and Raimi's yeah. and stuff like that. And like the like in the beginning of the movie, the brief reference to Tom uh and Doctor Strange and all that. Like that whole bit, they had you can clearly tell they had so much fun designing it and all the jokes and like it was in the trailers, but like the the one Spider Man, like the therapist Spider Man, and the other one on the couch. Like, let me guess, your uncle died. Yeah, no, <laughs> like it was all these little bits and pieces are so good. It was like, it's fantastic, so and I mean, like, I don't want to spend too much time talking about that because everybody talks about that, and we are trying to keep this tight. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just like the sheer amount of, if you are even remotely a fan of Spider Man, you're going to be jumping up and down in your seat doing, the, like you said, the Leo meme, being like, I see that. I see, oh my god, I'm that. Oh, I'm that. There's literally something for everyone here. It's like the fact we got spectacular in there is great, and like PS4 Spider Man, like anyone who's been a Spider Man at any point in their life will see something. They will will see something they'll probably recognize and will enjoy. And I think that's why these movies. I think once the third one comes out, I don't think it'd be very hard unless it for some reason totally flops. It's like just completely shits the bed. Like can't like and like the story makes no sense. Whatever yeah. I. This will, I don't think almost easily. It's pretty easy to say that this will be the best Spider-Man trilogy we've gotten so far. Oh, definitely. Though I also feel like saying it's your favorite Spider-Man movie is the diplomatic and cheap answer. Okay, <laughs> you you say that. Yeah, it's great, but you're just clearly if if someone's like, "Who's your favorite Spider-Man?" You're like, "Oh, I really like Miles Morales." Shut up! You're just trying not to start a fight. You pick an actor so we can fight about it. <laughs> you, you and I don't even care if you pick the one that I pick. I'm gonna pick a different one. Colin woke up and chose violence today, folks. (laughs) Every Spider-Man fan wakes up and chooses violence. We have to. Actually, no, you know who woke up and chose violence? Zeb Wells. I hate that guy. Uh, Nope, save that for another time. Save that for another time. (laughs) Hold me back. Hold me back. Come on, breathe in. Breathe out. I don't want to. I want to. <laughs> We're gonna do this next week just because I'm like talking about it so much. Like it's just gonna have to be the next episode. Oh, just kind of going backwards. But one one minor nitpick I do want to I do want to give yeah, the movie is that I don't think the soundtrack was as good. Like it was still a good soundtrack, but like Here's I her. still remember. Are, I still are you talking about the soundtrack or the score? The the score. No, no, the soundtrack. Okay, because the, the score went hard. The score was great. I'm talking about the actual like licensed music. Used okay, in the film. all right. Did not hit as hard as the first movie. I, like, I still remember, remember the songs. The first one, Sunflower I can't and What's Up Danger, date. both go impossibly oh, yeah. hard. Yeah, like we never got like this movie had a ton of amazing moments, but we unfortunately I, we still did not get a, any single moment as good as Miles with the, his costume finally jumping off the building to What's Up Danger. Well, and I think it's because the you're trying to pack so much into this one, reference wise and visually, yeah. and yeah. Maybe it's a minor negative. Is you didn't get as much room later in the movie for Miles's story itself to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, not being said, speaking of Miles' story, I really liked his interactions with his parents. It felt true to the character, 
Uh, and it felt true to actual life. Like it felt like how you feel as a teenager being like, mom, dad, I can do more. And they're trying to be protective and they're asking all these questions and you're uncomfortable. Like it felt real, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I liked that. Like, I think both Rio and Jefferson are so well-written as characters. Like they're not just props to be like, do your homework or someone for him to lie to about being Spider-Man. They're real yeah, they're not, people. They're not, caricatures. they're not just like, they're not just there to be antagonistic. To yeah. Them or whatever. They're or not just like, parental like, props to further the story. They are actual realized characters who have feelings and, and, and real reactions like Aunt May can sometimes end up feeling like a prop um, depending mm-hmm. on the writer. But like with this Rio and Jeff both felt, you know, like real people. Well, there's that great moment that with Rio and Miles underneath like the water tower. That was after beautiful. Just that talking was like beautiful. they're being real parents and like they're, they are well-developed and they, they know something's off about Miles, but they don't want to just like, they know if they just go at him about it, he's just going to, they're going to lose him even harder. Well, and then also how it's like, they're able to mix caring with him, but also being like, and he's still grounded. Yeah. Like when you find him, you tell him he's grounded for the rest of his life and we stand that we love him, you know, <laughs> like it's that kind of thing. Um, I also love Gwen in this movie. I mean, she was great in the first one, but just, they gave her a lot more to do in this one. I think her that was like interesting because for the titles is basically a mini Gwen movie. Yeah. Like it was fantastic. Um, the Vinci Vulture was weird, but cool. Yeah. The, medi- the, the medieval Vulture was an interesting choice, um, but no, it was, it was, I mean, yeah, it was a great movie. I, if I sit and talk about the ups, I mean, I'm going to be talking about a lot of stuff. Um, oh, I guess one other minor nitpick is if you're like vis- if you're visually sensitive in any way. Oh, yeah, there's overload for sure. It's there's a sense. This movie can be a sensory overload if you're not prepared for it. And sometimes even if you are and that's going to be positive or negative, depending who you are. Like, I really liked it for other people. It might be too much and you might need to like take a breather um so that's just like a a thing going in um but yeah i mean overall i don't have a laundry list of like negative things to say i overall i really enjoyed it i think it's core currently i still like the first one more just because it feels more like a complete movie because it is you know yeah but once we get part two i think i can see once i can kind of see this and beyond this is kind of like a, a a cohesive unit it'll it's I'm almost certain to become my favorite. Like, no, exactly. And, and that's, that's, I think always the bane of doing like two parters. And uh, one thing I will say is they, they, they didn't fall into the usual trap of two parters where it's like, we are going to absolutely do nothing in this one. You know, like one. yeah. And then cram it all into the back half. Um, Cause like you get some two parters like Harry Potter, like deathly hallows. The first one's kind of just like there. Well, that's because like they're taking a pre-determined source material and they're just kind of like trying to find a place where to make a cut. Oh, definitely. But, and then, it but just, with this release, they know they have to like they know they they have the story they want to tell and it should ran long. Oh yeah, they didn't want this to be like a three-hour movie, so they just yeah cut it in two and then like are going to do the second part of it. It so. just and it just ends up that the first one is kind of bland compared to the second one, mm. right? Um, which is all action then and no story. Um, or like, I think the worst example is the Hobbit desolation of smog. Yeah. Where it's like, oh man, oh man, smog's in the show. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then he's finally like 10. You're like, oh, it's going to be a big fight. And the movie ends. 
And then it's taken care of. It's resolved in the first like 15 minutes. of the And it's movie. like, why could you have not just put the Smaug battle into the second movie and then focused on the Peter Jackson, you have no problem making these movies like four and a half hours, the extended cuts. You could just put an extra like 15 minutes at the end of. Yeah. Part two. Or just like trim the fat a little bit. Ex- give them a nice smog battle, like, like the last half hour of the film. And then, you know, you can focus on the battle of five armies because it's like, okay, so now we open with a giant action piece and then close the giant action is whatever. We're not talking about the Hobbit, but <laughs> this did not fall into that trap. It felt like there was a lot going on that you leave the theater, not unsatisfied, but that's why there's but there's still that minor down of um beyond is probably still going to start at like a nine in terms of like on like the speedometer oh yeah well because but hopefully we'll have problems to slow down it's not just constant action until the end because like it's been ramping up but i hope they do still take a moment to kind of like hit the brake a little bit and give us a more well, let, moments let those get. things breathe like, give a chance to breathe yeah give a chance to breathe a bit because yeah it definitely will need it. Otherwise, it's going to feel like just a roller coaster the whole way through. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's not. But we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's basically our review. Clocked in like 45 minutes on this, roughly. I don't want to do If nothing else, like the this movie, this is like, these movies are the most gorgeous animated films I've seen in. Oh, dear God, yeah. Forever. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> we're in a great, we're, Hollywood's on us. Since the first one, Hollywood's been on a better trend of, at least some companies have been on a better trend of being more creative with their animation. This, style. I mean, and this, I this, one, this one gave pushed the more, boundaries. And so you get something like Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, where it looks like a storybook. Yeah, the first one, the first Spider-Verse definitely kicked open the door for other animators to be like, oh, we can actually be like unique with this stuff. We can go kind of like, we don't have to keep Cookie Hutter this whole time. I mean, it's Disney like ain't going to change nothing, but... No, Disney and Pixar, unfortunately, like they don't really, they rarely change their style much at all, which is unfortunate. Like, especially not, with Pixar being like the pioneers of the stuff back in the day. It's not comic related, but like Disney and Pixar have gotten pretty soulless lately. Ironic with a movie called Soul. Yeah, I mean that one was pretty good. I think Encanto was like awesome. Like they have the rare hits, but it just Coco feels like, like they're the just they had, felt like someone had really had a vision. Yeah, in, Coco and Encanto were both great. But it just feels like they're kind of churning these out aimlessly at this point, just because. Like, I haven't seen Elemental or whatever, but... Yeah, I was going to say, in theaters now, Elemental. It looks fine, I guess. Yeah, it flopped hard at the box office, which is not surprising. Yeah, because again, like I said, it looks fine. Uh, the new Disney movie Wish looks pretty good, though. But yeah, we're overall, go see Spider-Verse. 100%, yeah. It's really, really good. And if you're a Spider-Man fan, it's really really good um i think like spider-man outside of the comics is pretty much on 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 his game right now great movies great games oh yeah definitely uh you know tom holland is being set up to have a fourth movie that's gonna hit hard you know everything but the comics there's your teaser for next week colin hates the raven's gonna be interesting i am so angry about the spider-man comics yeah, I'll talk about that be... more. That's I. It stopped. That is why I stopped I'm buying back for half an hour and just kind of like go, uh huh, mm-hmm. <laughs> for for that episode. No, no, no. It's I'm, I'm going to let you run on that one. I'm, I'm, I, it's, I'm, I'm not, not just going to rage against Zeb Wells. It's going to be a more in depth discussion of what's gone wrong with Spider Man. Where did it start? Why did it start? What can be done better? 
how can it be fixed, why it won't be fixed, stuff like it's that. Been, it's, it's been a, a problem. It's been a thorn on Spider-Man's side in the writing one way or another since like the 90s. Yeah, and I think, obviously, and again, we'll get into this in detail next week, One More Day was the... Like, Final nail in the coffin. That was the nail in the coffin, and since then, you'll get like the odd writer who's like trying to get the head above water. And then yeah. the next writer's like, and we're sinking it again. But we'll talk about that next week. Thank you guys for listening. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, review, like, subscribe, whatever. Show... Use the the platform built tools to show your appreciation if you liked it, and that'll push the podcast out to more people. Yeah, which is what we want. And yeah, so for being on the panel, my name is Colin. I'm Jared, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Later.